The wilderness is a foreign place for many of us today. In fact, for the majority of people, wilderness is the last place you want to be. When T.S. Eliot wrote a poem about the devastation brought on in the modern world by World War I, he named it the Wasteland. Most people would probably equate wilderness with wasteland. However, a very key part of the story of the Bible happened in the wilderness, and we're going to explore it on today's episode. Welcome to First 15 Podcast, brought to you by Word of Prayer. I'm Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. Thanks to our regular followers for joining us again, and welcome if you're a new listener. We practice reading the Bible as we listen to God speak to us, meditating on the Word, and then using the Scripture to pray to God. We take God's Word and turn it into prayer. Subscribe or follow the podcast if you haven't already. In Season 5, we're praying through the Bible's story or narrative. Now, from the beginning of this podcast in Season 1, we've emphasized that you can use any scripture to meditate and pray to God. And we've demonstrated that as well. If you're new or if you want a refresher, I suggest you go to the very first episode where we demonstrate this with Psalm 1. It's a very short scripture. It's just six verses long, and it even talks about meditating on God's law, God's word. In the most recent episode, in this season, season five, we used Psalm 81 since it shares a large block of Israel's history, more than 400 years of history compressed into a very short span, just 16 verses. So instead of reading 31 chapters of the Bible from Genesis 37 to Exodus 18, we focused on how Israel landed in Egypt. Here's a hint. It starts with Joseph. They prospered in Egypt, and then they fell into slavery and oppression. Well, God raised up a deliverer in the person of Moses, and after the ten plagues, he brought Israel out of Egypt. It is an epic story. Now, between Israel and the Promised Land, geographically, literally, is a large stretch of desert, the Sinai. Well, Israel spent time in the wilderness, and God gave them the law there. He also prepared them for taking possession of the land that he had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the book of Genesis, which we talked about on recent episodes. Now, a lot of the next four books of the Bible, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, a lot of that is law the details of the law that God gave to Israel in the desert. But there's also narrative or story in there as well. And today we're going to listen to a story from the wilderness in the book of Numbers. So just to give you the quick background, 12 men were picked and sent as scouts into Canaan, to spy out the land and report back on what they saw there. In Numbers 13, we learn that Canaan is a good and prosperous land, but most of those scouts didn't think that their own people were up to the task of taking possession of the land. They discouraged the people, who in turn grumbled and complained uh, to God. 
and only two of the scouts gave a favorable report and were optimistic about the outcome. Today's story is from Numbers 14. It's right after this scene of the scouts going to, to Canaan and coming back with the report. And we're going to hear from Moses and the Israelites as they sit right here between Egypt and the Promised Land. Numbers 14. All the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. All the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, We wish that we had died in the land of Egypt, or that we had died in this wilderness. Why does Yahweh bring us to this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will be captured or killed. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? They said to one another, let's choose a leader and let's return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were of those who spied out the land, tore their clothes. They spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If Yahweh delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only don't rebel against Yahweh. Neither fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is removed from over them, and Yahweh is with us. Don't fear them. But all the congregation threatened to stone them with stones. Yahweh's glory appeared in the tent of meeting to all the children of Israel. Yahweh said to Moses, How long will this people despise me? How long will they not believe in me for all the signs which I have worked among them? I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them and will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. Moses said to Yahweh, Then the Egyptians will hear it, for you brought up this people in your might from among them. They will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, Yahweh, are among this people. For you, Yahweh, are seen face to face, and your cloud stands over them, and you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you killed this people as one man, then the nations which have heard the fame of you will speak, saying, Because Yahweh was not able to bring this people into the land which he swore to them. Therefore, he has slain them in the wilderness. Now, please let the power of the Lord be great, according as you have spoken, saying, Yahweh is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and disobedience. And he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and on the fourth generation. Please 
pardon the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your loyal love. And just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt, even until now. If you're already familiar with the basic storyline of the Bible, you may not be too surprised at what happens here. But stop and think about it. God delivered his people Israel out of Egypt. They travel to the Sinai wilderness where God gives his law to Moses. They camp there for about 10 months until God instructs them to move on and prepare to take the land. It's been more than one year since they left Egypt. In terms of just basic logistics, they could have already reached the land of Canaan if it were just a matter of marching there. But God wants to teach them and prepare them for their special role in his larger plan. God is in no rush to get them into Canaan as long as they aren't ready for their assignment. What we just read about the people weeping and shouting against God and grumbling against Moses and Aaron shows that they aren't ready to trust God. At the beginning of the book of Numbers, God orders the people to conduct a census. In fact, it's the census of Israel that gives this book its name in English, Numbers. What's interesting is that the name of the book in Hebrew is different. It's taken from a word in the first verse, Bemidbar, which means in the wilderness. I actually like that better. The events and the happenings here in this book take place in the wilderness, but it's also something that reminds me of the wilderness times in my own journey of faith. The wilderness is a tough place to be. It's full of trials and difficulties. Were the people justified in grumbling against God? Is God really mean and unforgiving? Recall that we've already been here before, or at least in a place strikingly similar. In Exodus chapters 32 through 34, Moses is on Mount Sinai for 40 days and nights receiving God's law. The people get restless, and then they prevail upon Aaron to cast a golden calf for them. And then they get involved in some partying, idolatry, and sexual immorality. And God gets mad. Ultimately, God forgives instead of destroying all the people and starting over. And now, less than a year later, we're in a similar situation out in the wilderness, and the people are doubting God. Their lack of faith in God after 40 days of exploring the land, their doubt and complaints, their insistence on choosing their own leader and going back to Egypt, it's really nothing less than a rejection of God. I mean, going back to Egypt, back into oppression, back under Pharaoh, back to the land ruled by the gods of Egypt, just because it was more familiar and comfortable. That's what they're proposing. God says he will strike them down with a plague and destroy them. He can build up a people for himself through Moses. Moses, though, steps in to pray for the people once again, as he did at Sinai, and he prays for God's mercy to prevail, and he appeals again to God's fundamental nature. 
Let's take a moment now to pray to God using this scripture. God, you are slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiving sin and rebellion. And sin is not something that you take lightly. You do not leave the guilty unpunished. Sin requires a sacrifice, an atonement to be made. The generation of Israel missed out on the promised land. The generation that was numbered there in the wilderness, in the census, they were not able to see the promised land. Instead, they wandered for 40 years, and only their children entered into your promises, into your inheritance. Please, God, help me in the wilderness to believe you to see your miracles and signs and to claim your power, to do it over and over again as often as it's needed. I declare that you are abounding in love and forgiveness, full of grace and showing favor to your people. I am yours and I will stand on your promises and your strength. Please forgive my waywardness and groaning and complaining and restore me to your ways. I will go where you go and do whatever keeps me in your holy presence. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I grew up in New Mexico, not exactly in the desert, but it's a dry and windy land. We lived 10 hours away from my two grandmothers. They were in two different states. So when we went to visit them, It was 10 hours in a car driving over a lot of wilderness, either through West Texas and Western Oklahoma, or from my other grandmother, diagonally from one corner of New Mexico to the opposite corner, passing through only one city on the way, Albuquerque, and a lot of wilderness in between. So I can relate with why the Israelites were grumpy traveling through their own wilderness. And I had the comfort of an automobile. They were on foot. Now, I've also been in wilderness phases of my own spiritual life, times when my faith was dry and my love of God was cold. At those times, I either doubted God's goodness and presence or just ignored the past seasons of joy and spiritual intimacy. Passing through the wilderness can be like that. But wilderness can also be a time when God is wonderfully present. His provision is so obvious. Bread and water and the miracles that he provides are unmistakable. A cloud and a fire to guide us. His glory there for the asking. Wilderness actually forces to the surface what is already buried in the heart. So if there's grumbling and complaining and a tendency to doubt God, that's going to come to the surface. If there's faith, if there is confidence, if there is a seeking after God's heart and a desire to have him over anything else, that's going to come to the surface. Are you in a wilderness season right now? I would just encourage you, call on God and seek his face. 
Or maybe you know someone who is going through the wilderness right now. And what they really need is a Joshua or a Caleb to see with the eyes of faith and encourage them to open their heart and their eyes and see God at work. Maybe what they need is a Moses to lift them up in prayer and pray, God, please show your mercy to this person. Forgive and draw close and be real to them because they need you now more than ever. Let me hear from you with a note about how you're being helped or impacted by this podcast. You can find us at wordofprayer.com. That's with dashes. As well as on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Word of Prayer 15 is our handle. You can also support our podcast by checking out our books on Amazon. Um, Ron Oltman's, Angela Oltman's. You can find our author page. We also have links to it in our show notes. You can browse our Etsy store with products that are inspired by these episodes. So check out those links. I look forward to hearing from you. Send us a note. Let us know how you're being blessed. Check out our blog. We put up articles every month. And I would just encourage you, keep walking close to God, even in the wilderness, especially in the wilderness. And let him reveal himself in refreshing and just attention-grabbing ways. Let him be real and present in your life, wherever you find yourself. And lift up the people around you who might be going through a wilderness time. Show them extra grace. Give them a word of encouragement. Give them a word of prayer. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode.